Merry Christmas. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Let's dig in. This is one of my very, very favorite Christmas ads, maybe because it hits close to home in my case. <laughs> let's let let's let you watch it. Okay, to set the scene, the the answering machine is recording. Merry Christmas greetings from around the world uh, for this grandpa. And everybody's saying they can't make it this year, but hope to make it sometime. Just wanted to call and let you know that we'll try again next year. Promise we'll see you soon, grandpa. Maybe next Christmas. He's sitting by his table alone. He's having dinner alone. He's sitting there alone with his Christmas tree and thinking of something to do. And he sees somebody in Hong Kong, somebody in the hospital, looks like a doctor, a big executive. And uh, somebody gets a mail, a piece of mail. They're getting texts. They're all looking really sad. All over the world. And they're thinking about their dad. Now they, <laughs> now they're outside his house. They're coming in to see the house and settle the affairs. And the table's set. And here he comes. <laughs> he said, "How could I get you all together?" In a tough year. Time to come home. Etika, whatever that is. Thank you for that. That was great. Oh, man. That's such a sad one because I'm missing some people that I really like. But anyway, we won't slow down for that. I hope you enjoyed that commercial. It's one of my very favorite Christmas commercials. Yep, that's maybe one of my very favorite. Okay, now let's get over to something totally different. We're going to talk about crowd testing. Okay, so <clears throat> how to decrease cart, cart abandonment through crowd testing. How many times have you... Uh, and according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, total retail sales rose 4% this year. In fact, it rose 4% between January and June 2020. Can you believe it? It's hard to believe it. But there was a 30% increase in e-commerce spending. But 76% of shoppers say, 76% of online shoppers say they have exited out of a potential purchase in the past because of technological issues with a website or app. I bet it's, I bet I've exited out half of them, <laughs> half of the time. And it's not always, I wanted to add to this article, it's not always because of a technical glitch. It could be, like this week, I was on a website, I was signing up for a service, uh, a software service, you know, ongoing monthly payment kind of thing. I was going to sign up for a, a year's worth, 
and it was almost 400 bucks and I had the credit card already in the expiration date already in and I noticed it said we have a policy of zero refunds and I thought well what if it doesn't do what I thought what if it doesn't do what I expect and we had a pretty good year so I was trying you know I'm trying to spend some money <laughs> no sense sending it to the government when I can spend it and so I was trying to spend it you know and but I thought you know there's so many questions and in fact they're beta they, you know they give you a 14-day trial but they they disable some of the functions and some of the functions are the main reason I want to buy it and so luckily they had an online presence where you can these poor people on the online presence you know I said I said to them you're leaving money on the table you'd be better off taking my money and then you know offering a refund if I'm not happy because I think I probably will be happy and I think I'm gonna go sign up for it tomorrow uh, maybe not a year maybe I'll only do a month because um, you know they basically told me don't sign up for it if you expect us to <laughs> stand behind our product well that's just silly if you got a quality product it's you know most people aren't gonna take advantage of it but you did stop me you stopped me with my credit card keyed into your site from a $400 purchase so I would say it's not just technology but it's a, a host of other potential things you know a lot of times I'll be I'll be trying to make a purchase this is my lands End, another lands End turtleneck I, I buy all lands End turtlenecks but sometimes I'll have a question of size or you know <laughs> Uh, I bought, you know, I'm always buying stuff online, and you know, uh, I remember there's an episode of Tim the Toolman where he buys a bathtub and it doesn't fit, and his wife says, "How could you possibly buy a bathtub that doesn't fit?" And he said, "Well, it's only this big in the catalog, you know." And and so many online vendors don't have key information. I I spent five years, not all full-time but five years looking for a refrigerator replacement refrigerator um, the light went out that was the main <laughs> the main problem with it was the light went out and I put in some motion sensor lights <laughs> the battery operated motion sensor lights which did fix the problem by and large um, but you know eventually I caved in and, and but the the reason I couldn't buy one was because so few merchants gave good dimensions of what the heck the size was you know and I I finally found a site that did and that refrigerator fit with like an eighth of an inch on each side I mean it was it's a tight fit and it sticks out further than I'd like but you know there's a lot of reasons to abandon the cart and you want to find out what they are but here's here's a good solution for at least some of it because I've had many cases where you know buttons wouldn't show up or something you know I, I run Linux a lot I run uh, Firefox Linux versions uh, which is now a minority browser I run Opera uh, quite a bit which is again a minority browser um, but they give me some you know they run on a light footprint they seem to run fast um, so I'm a, a good tester but most of the time you know merchants don't want to hear from me but this is the suggestion is that there are crowd testing crowd testing 
services that you can use that use a global network of thousands of Q&A professionals to enhance traditional Q&A programs by running PC and mobile apps, chat box, web portals, software as a service options on every device and operating system on which it will be used. I'm not sure that's true, but yeah, I'm thinking I should volunteer for one of these buggers because you know not many people are running my browsers and, and other things, but enough, you know, even if it's one or two percent worldwide, that could still be tens of thousands of dollars, maybe more. Um, so first off, it's testing by Q&A professionals. Second, it's Q&A professionals who are adept at finding bugs. Um, they don't just try to place an order, but they try to look for anything that seems a little weird, like type mashed together, language translation sounding awkward, links not working. So they, they put it through its paces. You know, so often your developers are so sick of looking at the site by the time they say it's ready for service that, you know, they just haven't tested it broadly. And it's really hard to test it broadly. So um, this is a pretty good option. I really like it. And again, if you want this article, subscribe on the WDMA. And I put up all the marked up articles so that you can find all the links and you can still use them as a PDF. They'll still connect the links uh, with a good PDF reader and um, and I highly encourage you to read this one okay Mark Ritson my very favorite author Mark Ritson Tom Fishburne is my favorite cartoonist but Ritson's my favorite author and this is about why big brands need to advertise which is an interesting um, you know an interesting point that he makes uh, you know, I'm not an ad agency kind of guy. I spent a couple of years in an ad agency, but I was the one trying to talk him into direct marketing, and oftentimes it was mostly male. Um, and, you know, he said he did a talk for Procter & Gamble earlier this year, and someone from the company called and asked if I would answer a bunch of questions for its European marketing team. And I said that I'd be delighted, and uh, they asked me what my fee was, and I said, well, it might... I might do it for a toothbrush or maybe a toothbrush and a razor. He said, don't try to get me to do it for your company like that. He said, but P&G is iconic. Tom Fishburne actually worked at P&G for, I think, at least a decade. Anyway, session was great, but um, P&G is special, and it's really special. Okay, They do a lot of advertising for decades. They've been the number one advertiser. But... Now, on, on the list of top advertisers, guess who's first? Not P&G. It was Amazon. Amazon occupies the top spot with a final tally of $11 billion advertising spend. And Amazon, he says, is a strange champion for advertising because it both earns and spends money on advertising. They spent $11 billion, but they get even more in ad revenue from merchants trying to advertise, you know, when you search on Amazon. I only search in a private browser, by the way, but that keeps you from getting retargeted all over the web uh, by Amazon. But the main reason Amazon seems like a bad, like an odd fit, along with Tesla, is as a primary example of people who say you don't need advertising. Jeff Bezos had a famous quote where he said, advertising is the price you pay for having an unremarkable product or service. 
Now, of course, Ritson, and I agree, nothing could be further from the truth because, like, just take, for example, Alexa. Who knew what an Alexa was, right? Nobody. So if you're going to sell an Alexa, you got to tell people what it is. And you got to tell people what it is broadly. And so, you know, a couple of years ago when it came out, there was a lot of TV advertising for Alexa. Right? Makes sense. Kindle, same thing. Amazon, as they get their own products, need to tell people, they need to create a demand for something that never existed before. And advertising can do that. Okay? So, and also Ritson points out that if, if that spending money on, for un, you know, spending money on unremarkable products or services with advertising won't probably help them. They'll still go under. It'll almost certainly accelerate it. There's a new game that can, came out the 10th of December. I was going to talk about it, but I skipped it because I don't know anything about gaming and stuff. But apparently it was the most heralded and probably advertised new game to come out in a decade. And it's totally bombed the company that developed it. Their stock is down 40%, mostly because it's full of bugs and glitches. See the previous story. See the previous story. If something's broke, advertising will only burn it faster. Okay. Secondly, because it, it suggests that advertising adds nothing to the potential success of products that are already remarkable. It's the remarkable products that benefit most by advertising because that increases your tests and your uh, trials and people getting excited about it. That doesn't always work. Pringles is a famous case where they just blanketed their test markets with advertising and people, everybody bought some Pringles. And uh, I forget who actually makes Pringles, but whoever makes it, they thought it was a bonanza because their sales just went right through the roof in all their test markets. But what it was, was everybody was curious and bought one tube and then said, oh, these aren't too great. <laughs> now, they have their place. You know, I really like them, but, it's, you know, I like potato chips, too. <laughs> I like French fries. I like pretty much anything greasy and salty. And if you put a potato underneath that, that's fine, too. Um, so, you know, you got to be careful in test markets. But anyway, that quote attracts a great following um, from knuckleheads who see advertising as an anachronism in the modern marketing world of first-party data content and purpose. Since we know what you're going to buy next, we can just send you that information. We don't need broad, generic mass media, you know, or outdoor or anything like that. Yeah, but why do the big brands on online... You know, even TikTok was was found in Piccadilly Circus and Times Square advertising their their uh, their their new channel. Anyway, um, uh, Mark says he spoke with a senior marketing professor at a top business school this year who estimates that more than two thirds of her incoming MBA class have been well, we won't say that, but are into the mistaken belief. That advertising is an unnecessary, outdated business practice. And I will always insert in this point that Karl Marx thought advertising was totally unnecessary. Karl Marx thought you could continue to get quality products with state-owned companies and monopolies. Karl Marx also thought that one kind of refrigerator would be good enough for everybody. Why would you need all different kinds of innovation? 
And as I've pointed out many times, uh, Top Gear, famous British car show, which I love, did a show years ago that said, did communism ever produce a car that anybody wanted? I test—I didn't test drive. Uh, the ad agency when I was there was pitching the Yugo, at the Yugo car dealership as a client. And I got to drive the Yugo back to the dealership, so I got to look at it. While I'm driving it, adjusting the rearview mirror, it fell off in my hand. Something else broke just on a cross-town trip. No, you can't. It doesn't produce quality products because without competition, there's no incentive to produce quality products. Without being close to the street, without your company being on the brink of death if you don't produce something decent, you don't have to produce anything decent. And I know plenty of people who come from communist countries who will tell you that. So as we potentially dive into socialism, good luck. That's all I got to say. Advertising goes hand in hand with a free market, goes hand in hand with quality products and innovation. And innovation dies when the government controls the market. Okay, so what is what good is advertising? Well, in 2018, Bezos confessed to a staff that he changed his mind about advertising. Bezos realized that Amazon was changing and so were, were its competitors with products like Alexa and Kindle. Did I mention that already? Whole Foods. Product development and promotional investments were actually bedfellows, not rivals, of course. In the old world, you devoted 30% of your time to building great service and 70% of your time to shouting about it. In the new world, that inverts. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. You know, you got to do both. You know, if you don't tell anybody about the great product, the world will not beat a path to your door. I thought it's interesting on the way to on the way to Madison I pass a DuckDuckGo and an Amazon outdoor billboard on opposite sides of the freeway it's pretty funny right so am so most advertising is defensive and Amazon has a lot to defend with Walmart going all in great guns I talked about them this morning on their online advertising or online purchases okay traditional channels like TV and outdoor got a big percentage of Amazon's spend and Amazon competes with Google while almost certainly being one of its largest global clients. Isn't that funny? Amazon might be a strange company to top the ad spend league, but they're also an important exemplar for others who question the power and impact of ad spend. And hopefully we're going to do more of that in 2021 with the WDMA. Because we are the number one evangelists for direct mail and direct marketing. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.